0: Some of you will get this, and some it'll seem so very odd, but I wonder how many people here, probably fellas, have wore garbage bags at some point during high school. Anybody? Yeah? Got a few? Yeah? And if if you raise your hand, you know exactly why, right? And maybe uh, the rest of you were like, um, were you completely insane? Yes, Uh, but that's irrelevant. This was about cutting weight for wrestling. Do you know about this? That when it's time to cut weight, one of the ways that they would do it is you, you put the garbage bag on, then you put your clothes over it. And if you think, that sounds horrible, um, it is. Yeah, and, and all day, sitting in class, you could tell who, right? Because you'd hear them every time they move. You'd hear this garbage bag going. And it was all about cutting weight. Um, and it was objectively an odd thing to do and I'll never forget the day the the priest at our parish got up and said something I truly have never forgot. I was 15, I think, so it was a good 10 years ago. (laughs) To case 15, Um, he said, you know, if the Pope came out with an encyclical tomorrow and said that all boys, between 14 and 18 need to wear garbage bags once every four weeks beneath their clothes, you'd revolt. You'd revolt. He says, Holy Father's nuts. What a stupid thing. Why would we do that for God? But we'll do it for wrestling. And I, I heard that, and I never forgot it because the priest was so wrong. Um, but what a powerful thing, isn't it? to think about the lengths we'll go to to do what we want to do and how, kind of when it comes to God, our temptation is always to do the opposite, right? The ultimate wedding question. Every wedding mass I've ever celebrated in 25, 24 years as a priest, right? What's the big question after a wedding mass, do you know? Father, does this count? And I I always point to the couple and say, yeah, they're married. That's not what they're asking, right? Does this count? Yeah, they're married. It counted. What are they asking? Do I have to receive Jesus tomorrow? Yeah? He's not worth me getting up, Father. Sorry. Isn't that something? And we all fall into it, don't we? I I started working on this homily Tuesday, and I was so mad at God. Uh, I was like, can't you give me a nice one? Uh, Nope, he had to smack me around, too. And it it started for me, uh, you know, I'm working through, how how does this play out, Lord? How can I show me that I should put you first? How can I do that? And you know, Wednesday morning, every Wednesday, we pray the 8 o'clock Mass with the little squeakers at school. And then we hustle over to the, um, what do you call it, the office. I'm sorry, I'm in charge. Uh, hustle over to the office, and we do this really long meeting, yeah? It's, meetings are, man, uh, I will skip purgatory, you know what I mean? It's martyrdom by meeting, but. And I look at the first item on the agenda, and it's mine. So immediately, my mouth starts moving and noise coming out. Yeah, murmur, shmurr, murmur. And then our business manager, not the priest, the business manager said, Father, would you like to do an opening prayer? I'm like, "Uh uh-huh. And that was a good smack in the head, wasn't it? I think prayer is probably one of the primary ways we can train ourselves to remember God first, everything else second. Because ultimately, prayer is a statement of dependence. And dependence is what it's all about. This is why Jesus is so hard on the rich. Not because he hates them, but because he loves them. He wants them home. And he reminds them. Why is it? Why is he so hard on the rich? Because the rich people have a hard time understanding the level of dependence that's necessary to be a saint. If you've had to skip a meal to get the next one, you understand dependence. If someone has looked you in the eye and forgiven you a financial debt, you understand dependence. And if you understand dependence, you're on your way to being a saint. Because it's all about dependence. Jesus isn't hard on the rich because he hates them. He's hard on the rich because he loves them. And he wants them home with them. And for rich people, it's actually something they have to work at. For poor people, no. They get it. I am dependent. And because I'm dependent, I understand how important generosity is. And those are the two keys, really, to us embracing Christ. A dependent person is thinking about food, not because they want to eat, but because they're hungry. And a person who's spiritually dependent isn't thinking about God because they should, but because they want to, because they need to. For us, I think it's, it's a good exercise, and this is what the Lord had me do, and I deeply hated it, so it has to be valuable, yeah? I wrote down, trying not to think, which I'm good at, uh, what do I want? And I started writing down, okay, these are the things I want. And the lack of Jesus on there really freaked me out. You know what I mean? I, I, I wanted, I, I wanted uh, our church to be financially secure. I wanted this, I wanted that. Uh, I did want uh, uh, El Camino, but that's a Montrose thing. <laughs> I do want to be holy. I really do, I want to be a saint. But I have to act like a saint to be a saint. And a saint prays, and a saint thinks of Jesus all the time. And a saint is aware how totally dependent they are on God. And if my list doesn't reflect it, it's time to pray more. It's time to deepen my sense of dependence on the Lord. I think for us, that's, that's probably the primary thing will be prayer. That we need to, where possible, and mums and dads, I, I promise as much as a celibate guy can. I do have an understanding uh, that what I'm about to say is not doable sometimes, right? With especially with little squeakers, but the ability to get up earlier than I want to, because I know that the most important thing is for me to pray. That we all got to strive for that, to give God our first fruits, not our extra. That if we approach our God in a minimalist way, but we approach the things of the world in, in, in the maximum way, then we really have lost our step. And Jesus isn't saying we're cursed in the sense of he's going to curse us. No, we've cursed ourselves. We've removed ourselves from the very reason we're alive. We're alive to love God and each other First. Or as Jesus put it, and he tends to be right in Matthew 5. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and then everything else will come. And that's what holy people do. We put God first and we subjugate everything else to that so that we can truly enjoy those things and not be enslaved to them. Whoever has what you want owns you. And why would we give ourselves over to something that doesn't even know we're alive or hates us? Why not give ourselves over to Christ, who gives us himself in the Eucharist, who poured out himself for us? How do we give ourselves to Christ? First fruits. Jesus, first thing this morning, I'm thinking of you. I'm praying for people I love. I'm praying that I'll be holy. I'm talking to you, Lord, because I want to know you, and I want to reveal myself to you, because only by revealing myself to you do I give you permission to act. So let's make that our goal, huh? Let's get after it. Let's put Jesus first. Let's put everything else, second and third and fourth to it, so that in Jesus' words, what did He say? I came so that you'll have life and have it to the full. And the only way we're going to have life is if he's first. Then we'll really enjoy those other things because we will own them and they won't own us. And the only thing that'll own us is love. And what a great thing that is. Let's make that commitment, huh? As people, as families, to say Jesus gets our first, not our leftovers. If we have to miss a a practice, we'll miss a practice. God earned that. If it means i got to get up a little earlier, I'll get up a little earlier. God earned that. And wherever possible, all through the day, I'm going to be thinking of you, Lord. Thinking about you, talking to you. This is what it means to be blessed. Because it fulfills the reason for which we are made. We are not made for ourselves in the words of the apostle. We're made for God and for each other. So when Jesus tells us today what makes us blessed and what makes us cursed, what makes us blessed is to know how dependent we are on the Lord and what a good thing it is that we're dependent on someone so dependable. And so we'll stay close to him and we will cling to him and we will find that that makes us very blessed. Amen? Amen. Okay.